Live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. When I was a kid, uh, I watched sports. Baseball, basketball. I never even played basketball. I wasn't interested in basketball. It was on TV. I watched it. When the Olympics came on, didn't care what the event was. There was stuff I didn't understand. Still watched it. My favorite sport to watch was always football. Now, in the last 15 years or so, my interest in sports has waned. I think a lot of the things I liked about sports have sort of been overshadowed by the negatives, the dark stuff. Um, you know, the, the greed and the hypocrisy and the lying and the cheating and the rabid fanaticism that come along with sports. It drowned everything else out. And now the hardest sport for me to watch is football. But a couple weekends ago, my interest in football was peaked again, and I started watching. And I think it's because I remembered what I loved about sports. The thing I love the most about sports is its power to transcend, its power of transcendence. This power, I think, is best described, I heard described once as, watching a human being do something amazing and lift themselves and the rest of us sad-ass human beings <laughs> up to a better place to be, if even for a moment. And it can be pretty goddamn glorious. And so I started watching the football again a couple weekends ago because I wanted to see who would kneel. Now, sports is not the very first thing in my life that I lost interest in, that I probably should have been more interested in. I grew up in a Catholic family and they sent me to Catholic school. And uh, a lot of the things that I like about religion got overshadowed by the negative stuff, which was kind of the same stuff I saw in sports. The greed, the hypocrisy, the lying, the cheating, the rabid fanaticism. So when I turned 14 and I went to a public high school, it was a welcome change. Now in that year, I left. Two things happened. The first thing was our church got a new priest. His name was Father Galuzzo. Now I remember some things about Father Galuzzo. He was very different from all the priests I'd had before. First thing was he was new to the priesthood, but he was not a young man. And he was uh, smaller, and he had fine features, and he had dark hair, unlike the big German uh, priests we had before. And when Father Galuzzo spoke, he had a soft, lilting voice. Again, unlike the German uh, priests we'd had who were like, ah, loud, and they <laughs> slammed on the lectern, or else they were monotone, and they read from the Bible, and they put you to sleep. Another thing about Father Galuzzo was he piqued my interest just ever so slightly back into religion because he spoke about love. He talked about the golden rule. He said we should treat other people like we want to be treated. He talked about accepting everybody into the church. Now, the second thing that happened that same year, this was 1992, was a, a group called the Oregon Citizens Alliance got a measure on the ballot in Oregon called Ballot Measure Number 9. And they wanted to add some language to the uh, Oregon Constitution. What they wanted to add, I'm sorry, I have to read this because 
refused to uh, memorize this. They wanted the Constitution to be changed to say, all governments in Oregon may not use their monies or properties to promote, encourage, or facilitate homosexuality. All levels of government must assist in setting a standard for Oregon's youth, which recognizes these behaviors as abnormal, wrong, unnatural, and perverse. Now, I had grown up in this kind of a sheltered Catholic environment, uh, and I was in public school for the first time. This is the first time I was amongst the others. <laughs> and this was really the first time in my life somebody had come along and wrote a line in the sand. And they said, you're either with us or you're against us. You're on our team or you're not. Now, I didn't want to choose a team, but I knew inside the world I wanted to live in, and so I knew how I felt about this ballot measure. Father Galuzzo also knew how he felt. Now, the Catholic Church came out with a statement, and their statement was, homosexuality has always been and will always be a sin. Now, that's not exactly an endorsement of this ballot measure, but it's pretty damn far from a condemnation. But Father Galuzzo went a step further. On Sundays, he'd get to the lectern and he would say, we need to love. We need to open our arms to everyone. It doesn't matter what religion they are, what race they are, what sex they are, or who they love. In fact, we need to be more sympathetic and more empathetic to the people who are being cast out. Now, I heard some whisperings in the community. I heard whisperings in my own home that maybe the reason Father Galuzzo was speaking out for homosexuals is because he himself was a homosexual. He had those fine features, and he had a soft, lilting voice. Two days before the election, vandals broke into the church, and they spray-painted swastikas on the altar. They spray-painted yes on nine on the lectern. They spray-painted faggot on the stained-glass windows. And with the paint still fresh, Father Galuzzo got up to the lectern and he preached love. He said, we cannot let fear and hate fill our hearts and keep us from doing what is right. Within a couple months, Father Galuzzo had left our parish. In my mind, I like to think it was because he went on to bigger and better things. But in my heart, I know he was run off. He'd only ever preached love but somehow that had gotten twisted. People in the community, people in my own home, labeled him an enabler for sinners. They said he had disrespected the church in their stance. And so he was gone. Now a year later, I heard those whisperings again. This time it was about a kid on my wrestling team named Dean Preston. They said that he might be gay and that when our coach found out he would surely be kicked off the team. Now, Dean was uh, the backup to the backup to the backup for somebody on the team. He wasn't like me. I had just won a state championship. I already had coaches calling me, sending me letters, offering me scholarships to come to the university and wrestle. I was the team captain. I was the team leader. On paper, I was vital and important and admired. And on paper, Dean was an insignificant factor in the success of our team. But he was my friend. 
And even at 16 years old, I knew no one and no thing is insignificant. So I went into my coach's office, and I said, Coach, I, I hear there's this rumor that Dean may be gay. I don't know if it's true. I don't care if it's true. It shouldn't matter. But I do know this. If you kick Dean Preston off this team, I'm leaving too. Now, I was terrified. I was terrified because I had so much to lose. Everything I'd worked so hard for my whole life. And this man I was talking to, he was like a father to me. He was, uh, you know, I, I loved him. I love him still. And I didn't do this to disrespect him. I didn't give him this ultimatum to disrespect him. I didn't do this uh, as a fuck you to the rest of the team. I didn't do it to dishonor them or the sport, the sport they had given me so much. I did this because I was a leader. And when you're a leader, you have a responsibility to shape the world the way you think it's best. I did it because when you're 16 years old, you don't have much power, you don't have a lot of voice. But I happened to have some sort of power just because I was an athlete, just because I was good at wrestling. I had some power. I had the ability to make a real difference, a change, at least for this person. I did it because I couldn't stand up for people in the past, but I could stand up for Dean Preston. I think back, I've never told anybody about this. It was just me and my coach in that office. But of all the things I did in my whole athletic career, everything I've done, that moment, just the two of us there, was my most transcendent. That was my most powerful thing. And so I started watching the football again because I wanted to see who would kneel. Even though they were kneeling, they are really standing up. They were risking so much. They were leading. They were putting it on the line because they saw an injustice and they wanted to correct it. They were doing something amazing and they were lifting themselves and the rest of us up to a better place to be. And I gotta tell you, it was pretty goddamn glorious. <laughs>